Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are this Jesus Life Podcast. Josh, how you doing, my friend? What's going on in your world? I'm doing, actually, I'm doing pretty amazing. Now, I've been up since 5 o'clock this morning. Uh, 5 a.m. You know, we have... Yeah, we have a we have a disciple makers group that meets early in the morning. So oh, nice. Got to be nice. got to be on your game. Uh, yeah, so I've been up for it's almost noon, uh, a while. Uh, so I feel like, but it's already like had its highs and lows of the day. But I'm sitting pretty <laughs> high. Right now. Uh, not like marijuana. I'm high. I'm just like right. emotionally right. in a place. You're in uh, Colorado, so a lot of folks could confuse that. But yeah, just emotionally on a high place like you're feeling good you're feeling good that's awesome man no drugs um, as far as i know we're on the cusp of the weekend right now and i'm feeling pretty stoked about that uh we didn't record last week as you know my friend because that i was uh i was traveling all week i was in the dominican republic with my team which was awesome um with the full team like 70 of us were there and that was really cool um but I have a little bit of a cold, like something about going from like warm tropical for a week from fall to warm and tropical right back to fall in Pennsylvania here is really throwing me off, um, let alone hanging out with a ton of people for a whole week. So, yeah, man, glad to be home, though. Not to, um, not to put, a yeah. guy, put out like your medical business out there, but uh, if you were right. praying for Andrew, he has monkeypox. He picked it up while he was gone. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Still no, no. We won't get deeply into that and why he has monkey. <laughs> I do not. I, news. I don't want. I don't listen to the news. He has monkeypox. All right, this Jesus life starting rumors left and right. It is. Uh, it's what we do. It's what we do over here. Allegedly, I have monkeypox. I have not been tested for monkeypox, and I would actually just say I have a light cold. Um, but you know, like I'm not a doctor. I can't say no to that. But, but if I, I don't know the, the limited amount. I. I don't understand much about monkeypox, but I'm pretty sure I'm safe uh, from the little bit I, I just do. Know, so. Yeah, I just know I don't want it. Yeah, like, yeah. With COVID, I don't want that either. Got it, but I right. don't want it. No, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Um, That's got to be exciting. Dude, cool trip. Yeah, you got to travel yeah. on company dime. It was great. That's a win. It was really great. I am a dude. I'm a total softy though. I. Which is good, like, but I haven't traveled much for the last couple of years, man. And like, you know, in my old role, I traveled a lot, and then COVID hit, and I changed roles and all that stuff, and uh, and it's been like way less, um, like maybe three trips a year, you know, for work. And uh, dude, for to be gone for like, what was it, like seven days, six nights, I think. It was intense. I missed, I missed, uh, missed my girls and wife, but. Man, um, it was fun. I came back. I got home late and like just barely made my last flight to get home after all kinds of craziness to to get there. But uh, I got back and the girls had made me this welcome home daddy uh, sign. And I was like, it was the best. It was the best. So stuff like that. It's just like, man, life's good. You know, so it gives me more appreciation for normal life. That's for sure. Sometimes you have to not have something good for a while to appreciate how good it really is. Right. Totally. So totally, awesome. man. Yeah. So your wife is a week off, right? 
uh, I've been doing the best I can to really step up. And I took like all the early mornings for the first like four days I was back. Um, all kinds of stuff, man. So not a full week probably, but doing the best I can to at least pay it back a little bit. And, uh, you know, that's kind of like the eternal challenge uh, of <laughs> being a husband with tiny children. It's like, all right, how do I pay it back? Because there's a lot. So, yeah, man. Dude, um, for the first time in a long time, I'm letting my chickens free range for a little bit. My, like, big, like, normal mature chickens, not baby chickens, they all got eaten. Uh, <laughs> both waves of baby chickens got eaten. It was very sad uh, both times. One time they escaped by jumping out of their run when I didn't think they could, and then they got eaten before I came back. Um then the next time, I super secured their run and uh, and thought it was great. And then a fox literally dug a hole under one side of the fence and ate them all. So these are the big chickens. They haven't been out in like a month and a half to like free range because I'm like, there are foxes around. But it's like midday right now and I'm letting them have a few hours. And uh, dude, I'm really hoping to not walk back there to a pile of feathers. <laughs> We'd be really sad yep. if that happens yet again. So, yeah, yeah, man, pray for the chickens, you know? Yeah. Well, how many chickens do you have? Uh, so 12, 12 full-size chickens. Ooh. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> and, yeah, man. So everything likes to eat chicken. Foxes, people, chickens, all of them. They all like to eat chicken. Everything does. So... Yeah, man. Well, they're easy. Like, what's up? Just look tasty. That's why humans love chicken. I, I would assume like chicken is probably the most eaten meat that exists. Yes, it's gotta yeah, be. It's gotta, it's gotta, gotta be. be. There's there's more chickens than people in the world. You know, like by far more chickens. So there's you know what like, I recently learned. What? What did you recently? That people learn? like pork chops. <laughs> Do you hate pork chops? I, hate uh, I always thought it was just like, oh, you can't afford a real steak. Uh, have a pork chop. <laughs> People like actually prefer them, and I was like, "That is, that's one of the craziest things I've ever heard." I thought all pork should be either the, either be in you know strips in bacon form, or a uh, or all you know torn apart as shredded to go on my top. Right. I had no right. idea that people were like pork chop. That's what I want. Uh, we just offended half the audience. That's so funny that you're like. <laughs> Did you know what I just learned? People like pork chops. I would never order a pork chop over a steak. Never, ever. But I do. I like a pork chop, but I would always choose a steak and typically chicken over it as well. You know, I agree with you. Like unless it's on a taco or shredded for barbecue or ham. I'm a fan of ham. I like that over the holidays, you know, and bacon. But the pork chops, one of those things that I'm like, eh, that's okay. You know, like that's yeah, all right. Like, <laughs> I wish you like it's chewy. Like I don't know. I just, there's nothing mm-hmm. about it that actually. Dude, I hope you have. I hope you have a series of like dreams about pork chops, and that a month from now you're like a raving pork chop fanatic, and you're just all about it. You're like, I understand now why people love pork chops. <laughs> they yeah, give me an energy would, uh, boost. Uh, it would have to be. Yeah, it have to be a pretty big deal to get to that place because I'm not. Yeah, but I don't buy a lot of steaks either. It's not like right cooking a steak seems like a lot of work most of the time, and I'm just like I don't. Yeah, I just want something easy. Uh, yeah, so it's usually tacos for me. 
Uh, you make Fair meat enough. early in the week and then cook it up real quick. It's much faster. Yep. Yep. Uh, but that's, that's what's up. Tacos all day long. Dude, there's a new, mm-hmm. when you come back to visit me, which better yes. be soon. Uh, yes. New taco place just up the road from my house. Really? Uh, it's a, is it awesome? It's a Mexican. It is, dude. It's a Mexican deli. So, like, yes. they got the whole, you know, deli and all and then the grocery store part, but they sell That's tacos in there as well. And, oh. oh, my gosh. These tacos are amazing. Like, El Pastor tacos. Yes. Got, you know, tacos, like, yes. all of them. You got them all. Oh, so dude, cool. that is the best. That was the one thing that always boggled my mind about Colorado Springs. You're way closer to Mexico in that side of the country than you are here. And the Mexican food was like not nearly as good as it was in like Indiana, literally. So I'm glad the taco game is like starting to be there because it should be there. You know, that's awesome. Like there's, there's a lot of great things about Colorado. Their yeah. Mexican food game slacking drastically. Yeah. yeah. Granted, I come from the Southwest, so mm-hmm. we're Mexican food, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's kind of shocking. Because it's not like we don't have Mexican families around. I guess right. they just don't just start Mexican restaurants, which is fair. Like, I don't want to start an American food restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But you would think, you would think with a high population of Mexican-Americans that there would be a lot more good Mexican food. Because mm-hmm. it is one of the absolute best food types. Like, dude, it's what's up. Oh, dude. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tacos all day. By far. Yeah. Like yeah. Mexican food way, 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 way up here. Italian food yes. way below that. And then the rest of everything else. See, dude, I would actually add, and I know we should get into it in a minute, because it's going on ten minutes, but They're fine. I would say awesome. Indian food has come out of left food left field to me and is like right up there with Mexican and Italian in my mind. Dang. And in some ways, maybe even right at the top. Because it's like Whoa. so good and so complex, and there's like a thousand types of curry that are all really distinct and different. Like, dude, I I'm a fan of Indian food, man, in a big way. I've had it. I've had a handful of times. I think my fear is my intestines, right? Are you can't handle strong. it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll that. It's the same thing as like. You go like the hot Mexican food route, though. Like real Mexican food is not actually really hot. Right, right. Like you go that route. I have the same problem. Like my, yeah, for the next few days, my body's right. going to be cursing my name. And I just don't want that. No. And that's how I feel about all Indian Yeah. Well, there's a lot of stuff that's way more mild and still awesome. But you got to, you got to know how to order it, you know, and how to like, yeah. 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 I'm with you. I don't know how to. That's order. fair. And you don't want to yeah. like go in there. And you'd be like, hey, you know, I've never ordered anything. And then that person's like, oh, this is going to be funny. Uh, yeah. I don't know what the, exactly. what the term is in, in, in Indian. Or I guess it'd be like Hindu or something like that. But like a gringo. Right. Like they yeah, see you coming. Like, exactly. Oh, yeah, You're like, I'm going to make this dude poop his pants. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Which okay. I would do the same thing. I'm not blaming them. Yeah. Like I would, right. I'd 100% play games like that. It's good, clean entertainment. You know, like you got to do oh. that when you can do that. It's when you have the opportunity. It's not clean for yeah. It's a bad day. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Opposite of clean. Yeah. But, you know, they leave and they're just like blaming themselves. Like, I should have known that was going to be that spicy. I should have known. I should have stuck to my pork chop, you know, my my middle of the road, not spicy pork chop. I should have stayed there, maybe with some apple. Uh, 
Yeah, man. Dude, what uh, what are we doing? What's going on in this uh, this podcast, man? Is this our food review podcast, or we have something <laughs> something else planned? Jesus, Jesus Life Food Reviews. Uh, I do at some point want to create a random podcast where I can talk about anything. Uh, mm. and I have to stay in Like We have a handful of podcasts that are currently being recorded. None of them right. are released except for this Jesus Life. But, right. um, and you have to stay in that lane, and it's just not fun. To <laughs> yeah sometimes you want to go off hence why we do at least 10 minutes every episode of just random stuff at the beginning you know yeah and if you don't like this part of the episode tough luck you could just skip it and get to the because we <laughs> just need a pork too. chop all right <laughs> we're, we're in the middle of a series where we're talking about just really encounters that people had with jesus so we've been looking through different stories recorded in god's you know recorded word of uh, people that have encountered Jesus in different ways. We talked about the rich young ruler last week. We talked about Lazarus. Um, we talked about Zacchaeus, Mary Magdalene. Um, so if you have, if you're just catching up, this is the first time you're hearing it. Go back, take a listen to them. Um, I, I think there's so much that we can learn from how Jesus interacted with people. One to model, but two, like just to find depth of relationship with Jesus of how He wants to interact with us as well. Um, so we're continuing yeah. that kind of that trajectory, and we're headed into this next story and. I'm sorry to this woman that is recorded in scripture and we yeah. call her the adulterous woman. Like yeah. in all honesty, if I had, if I had an affair on my spouse, I wouldn't want to be remembered the rest of my life yeah. as the adulterous man. So adulterous right. woman, sorry. Uh, sorry. From all of us. But your name, her name's not in there. At least she would have known. She would have known. Let's Maybe some others would have, but yeah. it's not like they're like the adulterous woman, blank, blank. You know what I mean? First and last name. <laughs> so yeah. at least it was just That's like, true. yeah, more like an archetype. She knows yeah. it's her. Like she knows she had that encounter with Jesus. She knows. Are you she hiding? Oh, totally. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but we're yeah. talking through the story. This is found in John chapter 8, 1 through 11. If you mm-hmm. want to follow along, I'm going to hand it over to Andrew to retell the story or read. Either way, I guess it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, probably just read yeah. it because uh, I just do the statue. So. Yeah, I'm going to read it. Um, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came back into the temple court, and all the people were coming to him. He sat down and began teaching them. Now the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. They made her stand in the center of the court, and they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the very act of adultery. Now in the law of Moses, we were commanded to stone such a woman to death. So what do you say to do with her? What is your sentence? They said this to test him, hoping that they had they would have the grounds to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down before them and began writing on the ground with his finger. However, when they persisted in questioning him, he straightened up and said, He who is without any sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Then he stooped down again and started writing in the ground. They listened to his reply, and they began to go out one by one, starting with the oldest, until he was left alone, with the woman standing there before him in the center of the court. Straightening up, Jesus said to her, Woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? She answered, No, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go. From now on, sin no more. Yeah, man. That's the that's the story in a nutshell, and that's out of John chapter eight verses one through 11. What, uh, what strikes you about that, Josh? What are your first kind of reactions? Um, 
Like, I just think, like, here's this moment. I would assume she's getting pulled before, you know, the the crowd. Um, I would assume she knows what happened was wrong. Like, what she did was wrong. Um, now she's about to suffer the consequences of it. Probably terrified in the midst of it. Um, and rightfully, like, in the moment, that's what Moses just commanded. So that is the mm-hmm. law of the land. Like, yeah. Jesus didn't intervene. She most likely would have been stoned. Um, but here's this one, yeah. like, it's just the level of compassion that Jesus like saw. And it wasn't even just like, it's not just compassion on this woman. Like he also showed compassion on these people of like, what you're about to do, you're going to regret it. Right. Like mm-hmm. this is going to be a moment that you wish you didn't participate in, whether it was right or wrong, taking a life or stoning someone almost to death. Like that's a, that's a moment. Um, and you can get on your Holy horse and be like, look how awesome I am. Right. We don't know what Jesus wrote on the ground. There's plenty of, of ideas or thoughts out there. And um, one of them being like, it's their sin or maybe, you know, something else. Like it could be a thousand things. Um, but I think in that moment, like he's making personal connections with each of these individuals, letting them know one, he sees them and maybe it's the sin he sees, but he sees them um, and meets them where they're at. Like he's, he's, you know, one, one by one, they fell off. So I assume he's writing something one by one to each person. Um, and there's that moment. And then there's this moment with, with the woman where he turns around and says, like, where did everybody go? Yeah. Um, do you see anyone around here? Any yeah. other stones that need to be thrown? Like came to protect her, um, came to show compassion on her. Um, yeah. what she did was wrong. And Jesus knows that like, it's not, he was arguing. This isn't sinful. This isn't destructive to a relationship. Um, what he's arguing here is like, no, and I don't condemn you either. Like, Move forward from here and don't go back to your old life. Yeah. Go and sin no more. Yeah, man. But like the, the public nature of this struck me, even as I was reading it of like in the middle of the temple court, they brought her, stood her before him and probably made a little bit of like a semicircle. You can assume, or I can picture of like, Hey, you know, the law, she knows the law. What are you going to do about this? What do you say about this? Jesus? Like, do we stone her or do we not? And they like, in some ways, it says that the Pharisees were trying to test them, test him, and they were. But in some ways, they might have been like, "Hey, are you gonna are you gonna do the same thing we would? You know, like, are you gonna live up to the law? Because like, they've got to know, like, as bad as the Pharisees were in some ways, like, I don't think they probably were people who would enjoy stoning somebody. You know, like, I can't picture that because that's just pretty evil man like putting anybody to death in a way is would be extremely hard but let alone doing it with your hands and physical rocks you know like throwing them um but they were putting that responsibility in front of him of like what are you going to do about it you know what the law is and uh and to have it be in such a public way like is pretty intense and then for that the the woman who was caught like she was standing there knowing what her fate likely would be you know i don't think she probably was i I assume she wasn't ignorant of like what that law was and how that was typically carried out um i think she probably knew like crap i'm going to the temple and i'm gonna be like stoned to death like that's what happens when you get caught doing what i did um so just like the intensity of the moment can be lost in how short of a story it is but that's what i was picturing is just like a high stakes moment um because it's a literal life on the line 
And it's kind of like, hey, Jesus, are you going to do what Moses said to do? Because, you know, that's what we do. We live it out. Are you willing to? Almost a challenge in that way of like, are you willing to carry this load if you want to be a teacher? Because that's part of what the Pharisees saw as like their responsibility and duty in carrying out God's law in Israel was like, it's hard, but we live up to it. We do it when, as we can, you know, Jesus, do you want to do this? Are you going to squirm out of it? Is probably what they were thinking. Yeah, man. I think too, like there's this imagery that, right? Like Jesus came not only to be the death and resurrection, like our salvation, but he also came to your kingdom and that kingdom is manifested through the church. Um, but there's a new way of doing something. And, and I think this story like greatly describes that as well of like, yeah, the old way is uh, call the sin, punish the sin. Um, the new way is show grace. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, I, I think that's a hard lesson, even for the church today to live out because we like to go back to, no, this is the law. You need to be punished. Um, you need to suffer consequences. You're not going to learn if you don't have consequences. Right? All these things that we say or, or it's you know our own pride and our own security of like no like they did worse than me like let's punish it and call that out so they miss yeah. my because they don't stone me next um, like there's that at play too but like here's here's Jesus showing up and saying I, I have a new way of doing He's something I have a new way of 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 changing like I'm about to provide yeah. salvation to humanity for those that put their faith in in me uh, and and he he models it right here like I would assume in this moment like. I would assume this woman is going to continue to follow Jesus. I assume she's probably joined the crowd um, uh, of people that have been following Jesus, you know, the large masses um, because like Jesus literally just saved her life. Like I, you know, we, we talk about this a lot too in, in the church of like, you have two different types of testimonies, right? Like one, you grew up and this is my story. Like I grew up in the church. Sure. I had sinned and those kinds of things, but I've known Jesus from a really young age. Um, whether I knew, knew Jesus or didn't know Jesus, that's all up for debate. You know, what point was salvation all up for debate. Um, thankfully now I don't have to worry about that. I'm good. But, um, like, and then they have those that like physically Jesus saved their life, right? They're addicted to drugs. They're strung out. They're living on the streets. They're, they're selling their body for money, all of these things. Like, but Jesus showed up and literally saved their life. Like, of course those people are going to be head over heels in love with Jesus and what Jesus just did and dedicate the rest of their life to, to, to walking with him. Um, it's harder for the religious, right? It's harder for the ones yeah. in the church. It's easier for us to take on um, these positions of old covenant. It's easy for us to, to cast yeah. stones. We need to cast stones because Jesus didn't physically change our lives. He didn't save us in that way. Um, so we have an experience that sure he saved you. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, like there's a reality that's going on, but we miss it because we've been a part of the circle for so long. And I think this is a, another, you know, point of like, no, this is who we're supposed to be. What Jesus just did here. Like he just won this woman over for the rest of her life. And we have this opportunity as, as followers of Jesus do the same thing. Now I can't forgive sin, right? I, I can't, I can't not con- like, you know, from a condemnation standpoint, I have no power to or not to, um, but I can point you to Jesus who can. And I know Jesus is, you know, sacrifice on the cross is bigger than anything that you've complete, you, you've done up to this point. I know that without a fact, um, or I know that as a fact, um, that's a better way to say it. I don't know why I said it before. Um, but there's that piece too. Like, like we have an opportunity to introduce people to the grace that whether we fully understand it or don't, um, the grace that has the ability to transform and change somebody else's life, um, and get them to follow Jesus for the rest of their lives. 
Um, and I think, you know, we can walk in Jesus example right here and try to do the yeah. same thing around us. And I, I think the question then becomes, especially for those that have been in the church for a long time, like what are, which one are you? Yeah. Like yeah. when you come across those that have sinned royally publicly, right? Like this mm-hmm. woman, sure, maybe it wasn't public of the actual action, but like what happened? Everybody knew, right? It's a public right. moment. For her. Right. And that happens in the lives of those around you. How do you respond? Do you jump on this yep. cancel culture bandwagon and you're like, F uh-huh. them. They don't get another chance. Screw this grace. Like yep. punish them, put them on the stake. Let's go back to Salem, witch trials and burn them alive. Yeah. yeah. Right? Is that right. your position? And then you feel justified because you're like, God cares. God cares about sin. Sin is destructive. Like I have a right to call all these things out. Yep. yep. Or do you take the position that Jesus took in this moment hmm. and saw the woman? Where yeah. Are they? Hmm. Did no one condemn you? Right. Then, then I don't condemn you either, you know? And, and he calls her to go and sin no more. Like, he's like, all right, let There's a new your one. life was just spared. Like die to yourself. Don't do this again. Like, don't get caught in this again. Like you're forgiven and you could have been punished severely. Like go mm-hmm. and be free. Go and live as one who is free because you are, you know, your life was handed back to you literally um, in a very public way. So, yeah, man, it's so easy. It's easy to want to jump on the cancel culture bandwagon, right? You see the public wrong. You see what was done. And like, you know, the longer you're in church, the longer you're in church, the more you're going to see examples of leaders failing, organizations not doing what they said they were going to do, all the things that like the thumb in the eye of, of Christianity and, and the things that make people go like, oh, I wouldn't want to be a part of that. You know, like that, that's going to happen. Like we're not perfect people and it's, and it's hard. And I'm not saying any of that's like good or okay or fine, but like, I think the thing about this story is that it was one public sin that was caught and that happened to be published or like happened to be something that would be punished very severely. Right. Like adultery. It's, it was a big, it was a no, no. Like it was a line of like, you're dead, <laughs> you know, you're going to be killed for that. But, um, not all sins were at that level in Israel, like not in the law of Moses, the laws were pretty severe. Like you get caught stealing, cut off their hand, like pretty serious stuff. But, um, this one happened to be hyper public and happened to be very severe. But the reality is in today's world, like you get caught in, in sin or in wrong. Um, and, and like the consequences can be very severe too. Maybe not the same degree of being put to death publicly, but, um, your character might be, you know, and like, if we're people who are really quick to jump on that and support that, like, man, you better be living the right way because like over time there's something wrong in, in everybody's life life. And like, <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's better to be, to live on the side of grace and mercy than it is to live on the side of, of punishment. You know, like the Bible talks about like judge not, or you're going to be judged. Like the measure you use will be measured against you. You know, I think that's very literal and very serious. So if we can actually see the person and demonstrate grace and not pretend what they did was just fine or okay. Like Jesus didn't say, Hey, it's fine. You did that. He said like, 
where are your accusers? They're gone, she said. You know, and he's like, and I'm not going to accuse you either. Go and sin no more. You know, be free. Go. Like, no, recognize that you're living under grace and go live like it. Let your life be changed because of it. So that's the posture I think we're supposed to take. And it's the harder posture to take um, from my point of view. Oh, for sure. Definitely harder. Um, Because like human conditions, we want to be, we want to be vindicated, right? Like that's, that's just natural for us to feel that way. Um, Not, not saying it's right, not saying it's the proper response, but like that's, 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 that's normal. Um, You know, and Jesus called us to be abnormal, to live this life in a much different way uh, than he calls us to. But, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking of, you know, uh, you know, why don't you worry about, you know, the log in your own eye before you worry about the speck in somebody else's and, um, I get the pushback of all this too, of like, well, that just means then that nobody's going to change and grow. And you're like, no, like I can still speak truth and love to those I'm in relationship to, but you have to keep the important things, the important things. And I think that's, that's the place where we, we get things wrong. I, I think for a lot of Christians, we make the most important thing sin less. And that's not the most important thing. That's not what Jesus didn't before he, he ascended into heaven. He didn't look mm. at his disciples and say, all of you sin less, teach other Stop people sinning. to sin less. Right? No. Right. He said, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, uh, and the Spirit, teach them by everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. If that's the call on my life, and I believe that's the call on every believer's life, that's the shared purpose we carry. Like, if that's the call in our life, then that has to be the most important thing. That means if I'm walking around passing judgment, if I'm walking around um, choosing justice over grace, um, yeah. I lose voice in people's lives. I can yeah. no longer live that yep. out in somebody else's life because yep. I've chosen a position. And the reality yep. is like, if the most important thing is the most important thing, and I would say that's it, right? How do we do that? Yeah. We love God and we love people. That's how we live out that great commission. Um, like yeah. in the midst of that, sure. We call out, we call out sin. Sin is destructive. I don't want those that I deeply love to be sinning and causing destruction to them and destruction of those around them. But there's a way to do that that is that is healthy and helpful and draws them yeah. back towards God. And there's a way to do that that causes division, yeah. that causes disunity, that causes more destruction. Yeah. And that's what we don't want. We, want. we don't want to be those people. So make the most important thing the most important thing. And the yeah. most important thing is here's the shared vision or the shared mission that God has placed inside of us. And grace yep. is a major piece of that vision. Um, we yes, see it all the time. Like. We look at, uh, we were reading this morning uh, in our, our disciple makers group. Um, oh, shoot. I'm going to forget the verses off the top of my head. Uh, Peter says, you know, uh, be prepared to give an account for the hope that you have um, and do it. I need to pull up this verse because this part's actually the important part and I can't remember it. Be yeah. pre, prepared to give an account. Give an account. Verse. That's how you find things, folks. Uh, you're like, what is that verse? This is First uh, Peter three fifteen. Nope, that's not the verse. Should have read it before I said it out loud. Um, I will say this, folks: if yes. you use DuckDuckGo like me as your search, your default search engine, because you're like mm-hmm. Google tracks everything, and they tell you mm-hmm. go use DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo sucks. It just does. <laughs> It's not as good as Google. There's it's a reason we all go back to Google because it doesn't find the things that you're right. trying to find. Uh, right. And then you search and search and you can't, there's websites, no joke. There's websites that DuckDuckGo completely like bypasses that doesn't even show up. And that's offensive mm-hmm. to me. 
Um, oh, no, it was First Peter three fifteen. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Some NIV action today, but in our hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Uh, yeah. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope you have. Here's the key important piece to this, but do this with gentleness and respect. Um, we like to forget that piece of it, uh, but that I think that's an important piece. This is this grace idea. Like as yeah. you mature in your relationship with Jesus, there is a level of grace that you function with um, that you didn't have before. Um, one, because you fully, you're, you're understanding to greater detail, the grace that God has shown you. So of course you're going to live in grace. Um, but two, like for us, we're trying to take people from what we call spiritually dead to spiritual parents. There's a reproducible process that we work, um, to help people really mature in their relationship with Jesus and learn how to, to foster relationship with people. And one of the key characteristics is you're moving in from one face to another. You know, this is how we identify people to know where they're at. So we know what they need is your grace centered. Like, do you function from a place of grace? That's pretty far along in the process, right? You're, you're moving towards spiritual parent at that point. Um, but like, it, it's such a key characteristic to those that really love Jesus and love people. This is their default. They live in grace. And if you're someone that's sitting there and grace isn't a part of your vocabulary, other than the fact that like, maybe you say grace at dinner, a uh, different kind of grace, uh, like if grace isn't a part of your vocabulary, it's not your default position. My argument to you be like, you're probably not as close to Jesus as you think you are. Maybe you know him. Maybe you know lots of facts about him, but I doubt you know him deeply and relationally. Um, because as I, yes, as in my own experience, as I've walked with Jesus in relationship and my relationship with him is deepened in trust and in vulnerability and honesty and truth, um, as I, my dependence on him has been increased and grown, I function in a lot higher levels of grace than I've ever functioned in my life. And I, you know, I grew up in a church that, you know, though we didn't blatant say it from the statement, we were pretty legalistic. We we're do's and don'ts. Um, you know, this is how you love God. This is how you don't love God. And if you sin these ways, you're not loving God, Right. Um, and I know the verses, right? You're, you're already, you're already coming at me. John 15, Jesus said it, Josh, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. And that's one way to read it. The other way to read it is if you love me, the byproduct is you'll keep my commands. Walk in relationship with Jesus function from a place of grace. You'll be blown away at how much you align with Jesus and who he's calling you to be. You'll be blown away about how much you change and how you view this life, how your worldview starts to shift and change. Um, you'll be blown away by the depth of relationship that you can have with Jesus, even though it's hard, or the depth of relationship you can have with people, even though it's hard, because you've learned how to to overcome your issues, you've overcome your insecurities, overcome all the junk, because you've walked with Jesus long enough that he's worked through these things with you. Um, you'll be blown away um, by the grace that you can function inside of, and it not feel like you're selling out Jesus because yeah. you know there's some truth that's not being obeyed. Walk right. with Jesus. Teach people to walk with Jesus. I'm fully confident, fully confident hmm. that Jesus is more than capable of discipling people towards him, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's going to call out and that's causing destruction yeah. to, to themselves <clears throat> and to relationships with others. Of course he is. Yeah. He loves them. Yeah. He cares about them. It just like mm-hmm. you should love them and care about them, but there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. And I think yeah. that's the piece of if you're growing a relationship with Jesus, my going to be your the level of grace that you function in is going to increase and increase and increase because you've seen what Jesus can do um, when yeah. you just keep pointing people back to Him. Uh, yeah, and you know that's my that's my soapbox for the last couple of minutes, Andrew. 
Dude, that's a great soapbox. And sorry, I had to step away for a minute. There was a potty emergency happening uh, for my four-year-old, and it was stinky. Don't but uh, me, guys. Wasn't his four year old. He ate Indian food for lunch. <laughs> That's funny. No, sir. I had a pork chop. Uh, just kidding. I didn't have a pork chop. Um, yeah, man. Um, grace is is vital and and is hard to give uh, because it requires you to like look at it to see exactly what the wrong was, but to look at it in light of the Lord, like in light of Jesus and how he would have handled that situation. And this is one example where we see him giving utter grace in a situation where he could have condemned, you know? So from that, I feel like we have, I think we have a responsibility to try to do the same as imperfectly as we will, but we have a responsibility. If we're going to follow Jesus, we're going to try to be like him and how we live this is a pretty high bar. It's a pretty high standard. And and this is how he reacted in the midst of public norms that were the exact opposite, you know, and law that was the exact opposite. Jesus, Jesus chose to demonstrate grace. He chose to dole it out in a way everybody could see and that the woman could feel utterly like you just saved my life because he did. So we should do that too. Uh, we're probably not going to be in the midst of a condemnation moment like this often, but man, in the small things in life and the big things in life, like this is a story to tuck away in the back of your mind of like, okay, if Jesus treated her like that, how might he treat me when I confess things to him? When I confess, like, of course, God already knows what we do, but when we confess our sin to him, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't go, you're kidding me and smite you, you know, like that's not the God I know. Um, he's like, man, I'm glad you finally told me, you know, I don't know that not, that's not God's voice, but man, I'm glad you finally told me like, let's really work through this. Let's get it off your, off your heart and mind. And like, I want to actually work on that area of like your life. And then God does that over time. And in the way, a lot of ways we've talked about, but he gives us grace. Like this is the story we can see and be like, that's crazy. But in personal relationship with the Lord, like he gives us grace continually and he does it in a way that we can see and feel, um, or at least that I can see and feel in my own life. I, I can resonate with this story to some degree. So hard to live out, but really important to live out. Yeah. And maybe you're sitting there and you're like, Josh, what happens if I was the one sinned against? Like what happens if I was the one that was harmed? Um, and I need vengeance. I need God to make it right. Um, you probably don't in all honesty. I, I literally had this, this conversation with God this morning. Like, um, I have some enemies out there. I have people that hate me. It's fine. It is what it is. But, um, you know, they, they like to go on the attack and play fun games. <clears throat> I can engage it. I can defend myself. I can go- ask God for vengeance, but do I really need it? No, I don't. They can think whatever they want to think about me. It affects my life in absolutely no way. Um, and that's okay. Um, I can live in choosing grace. I can live in choosing forgiveness. Why? Because forgiveness is always going to be the thing that gives me freedom. Because if I chose the opposite of that and I chased after vengeance and I wanted to God to intervene and I let that control all my thoughts, what's that going to do for me? That's going to spiral me out of control. That's going to make the not, that's going to make the non-important things, the important things in my life. And now I'm going to be ineffective for the kingdom. Um, and that's not the life I want. I want to experience everything God has for me. I want to see the full life. I want to see the great commission fulfilled in the lives of those around us because I believe that's where hope lives. Um, and 
I want others to experience what I've experienced. So if I let myself play in those fields, I let myself, you know, fall down those holes, like you, you, you're, you're going to get stuck. Um, you're, you're going to make the important, the unimportant things, the important things, and you're not going to move forward. You're going to be stuck in that moment in time when you were hurt. I'm not saying this is easy. Okay. I'm not saying what happened to you is justified in any way. I'm not saying any of those things. I know this may be one of the, the most difficult things that you've ever had to do and overcome in the past, you know, in your, in your life up to this point. I get it. Um, but it's worth it. I'm telling you, yeah. this is where freedom is found. Do life Jesus's way. Choose forgiveness. Choose to show compassion to those individuals, um, yeah. even when it's hard to find. Ask Jesus to walk you through it. Talk it out with Jesus. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. The anger, the fear, the frustration, the hurt, all the emotions that that play into the you know uh, uh, being hurt in that way. Like talk those things out with Jesus. Let them out. Talk to them about yeah. them. God, and yeah. then they did this, and 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 I feel like this is their motive. Like talk through those things. It's important, but don't yeah. stay there. Don't sit mm-hmm. in that. Don't be like, God, you show no. vengeance. I want to curse yeah. them left and right. Like you show mm-hmm. up and you kick their ass and blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, right. I've told God ass before, so I'm not, um, right. but maybe not on the podcast. I've said ass before. Uh, go back to my you know views on cursing uh, in one of our early episodes. Uh, you'll get it. Uh, but like if you let yourself get stuck in that place, you'll be stuck there forever. Right. And this is true of a lot of things in, in life. Um, but forgiveness is one of those, man, if you can't forgive, even when they keep hurting you, if you don't choose to take the position of forgiving, man, you're going to get stuck there and it's not worth it. I'm telling you, it's not worth it. Um, there is freedom in this relationship with Jesus. There is mm-hmm. freedom found in doing relationship God's way. There's freedom found in, in walking in the ways that God calls us to walk. Um, and it's worth it. I'm telling you, it's worth it. Um, so dig into those things with Jesus. Talk about the hard things with Jesus, but, but ask Jesus, God, get me to the point of forgiveness. What do I need to talk about? What do I need to do? How do I need to change my thinking? Um, and let him start doing that work inside of you. Cause it's, mm-hmm. it's just not worth being a victim in this world. It's, it, man, yeah. there's nothing more devastating, I think, in this life than to take on the position of a victim. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm Andrew, any last thoughts? Dude, my final thought, Dude, it's simple. Woman. I I said it a couple times. You said it better, but show grace and recognize, like maybe start from a recognition of the grace that we've been shown, which is in relationship with the Lord. Like we've been given grace. Our lives have been saved in a way that maybe we can't see like the woman did in this story, but we can recognize God, you have done mighty work in our lives. Like we we've sinned. We've been far from you. And you saw us with compassion and with grace, and you gave us forgiveness because of that. So from that place, we should do the same. We should act in the same way. And it is, uh, I'd say it's wildly refreshing. You know, anytime we do that in in somebody's life, when they come to us expecting condemnation and we meet them with grace, like, man, that's a moment that God... um, that God could use in somebody's life. So that's my final thought, man, is, uh, is we should recognize the grace we're given and then we should go ahead and return that to others who are also stumbling through this life imperfectly. So yeah, man, thanks for doing this. Good. I think keep the important things, the important things. Yep. Like don't let anything else go above the gospel. Don't let anything else go above the great commission. Don't let anything else go above the great commandments. Those are the most important things. Keep the most important things. Sin is destructive. I get it. You don't want those you love to be in the midst of sin, but there's a way to approach it in love and there's a way to approach yeah. it in condemnation. Um, one is going to get better results than the other. Um, so live in mm-hmm. that. 
Dude, as always, my buddy, my friend, it's always good to see you. It's been a while. Uh, it's yes. actually been a super yes. nice we've seen in person, and we probably yeah, need to remedy. Yes, but we for do. For those listen- listening, we love you guys. See you guys in a week, so we'll be out next week. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us, and we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other And then the outro goes off to say a bunch of other things. Find us on social media and all the other places. I think I hit the wrong button and it turned off. But hey, now if you listened all the way to the end and you found this little this little this little glimmer, um, one, share us out. Tell your friends if we've been helpful to you in any way. That's right. Um, show us some love and show those that love you uh, and are around you. But I will add this too because you stuck around to the very very yes. end. If you yes, go to our you website did. and you contact us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com or you email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com and you send us an address, I will personally send you some stickers from This Jesus Life. Thanks for listening. Yes, you will. But look at you. Stay at the very end and listen to this thing. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.